You've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. Welcome once again to Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. We are back for another episode. Season two is gaining momentum. I'm it is say. gaining momentum. I'm Kevin Gibson. And I'm Butch Bays. And we are happy to be back. And we're going to talk some music and take a deep dive into a song, a beloved song from the 80s. That's right. We're not going to take it. I don't know what we're not going to take, but we're not going to take well, it. That's part of the beauty of the song. We're going to talk about that. Isn't that? It really is yeah, the beauty. How's your is. week going? It's it's going okay. I had a I was traumatized a little bit this morning. I, I read a review of a movie that's coming out uh, called Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. So the <laughs> Winnie the Pooh characters <laughs> fell into the public domain, and so there's a director that has created has directed a, a film of, in casting Pooh and Piglet as murderers. So it's going to be like Winnie the Pooh meets Friday the Thirteenth. Or even saw it. it looks pretty bloody. So my, my literally my first word as a child was poo, and it wasn't because I pooped my diaper. It was <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. I was obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. I had the, the first record I ever had was Winnie the Pooh's theme song and little black rain cloud on the back. I still have it. So this is something like even though you're Personal like a, a horror movie buff, yes, this is not something we ever wanted or needed, right? No, and I will <laughs> see the movie, but sure. it's just like. It's weird to see this beloved character that I've loved all my life chopping people's heads off. And, you know, the trailer is like, literally, he's being, it's, it's gory. So we, we thought we knew you and you do yeah, this. And now you so. treat us like this. <laughs> That's it's so more rotten. than, it's more than, oh, bother at this point. It's like, you know, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sad. How about your terrible. week? your week going? Uh, oh, things are good. Just, you know, a lot of stress from work. And yeah. Makes it even more important Life. to do these fun things. Exactly. Yeah. And to that end, we have a beer of the week. Hey. So I took a meeting. I'm working, finishing up a, a book manuscript. And I took a meeting today with a local historian. And I went to Noble Funk Brewing Company uh, there in downtown Louisville in what they call uh, so, uh, Noble Funk. Sobro. 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 That's South, a new one. South Broadway. Yeah. Sobro. South Broadway. So it used to be a Kroger cool. store now. It's a big, beautiful brewery. So yeah. this is Mr. American IPA, 6.1% alcohol by volume. This is just bursting with cascade hop flavor. Now the opening ceremony. Oh, baby. <laughs> Should That's we recount the, the origins of the opening ceremonies? Go ahead. No, I'm pouring. Well, we had a, a, a public radio, or well, what would you call it? A community radio, community show radio, yeah. for about seven years. And one of our favorite moments on the show was the opening ceremonies where we would pop a beer and sort of mock the Olympic theme, I believe mm-hmm. we did from yep. time to time. And, yep. and it was uh, maybe seen to be too, um, what would you say, like too... Uh, well, the the station director decided that alcohol references on the air were no longer allowed because we we remember we, we changed FCC licenses and she was like, yeah, we don't want to do that. We don't want to so. influence the children in an improper way. Right. Cheers. Stay in school. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Stay in school. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Classic Cascade IPA. Very approachable. Very astringent. Do you get the dryness of that? I do. I, yeah. was, I was not expecting very that. Very light on the malts. I mean, especially compared to the look at the, the color. Yeah, it has a bit of a bite it's to amber, it. Amber, but it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't get a whole lot of sweetness in there. That's a good little caramel on it, though. Oh, yeah, but it's really light. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's If, if people who, who like uh, Bell's Too Hard, it would like it, but it's it's less malty than that. You know, I, I find I Bell's to be a really, really well balanced pale ale. So. Right. This one anyway. is a little more hop forward. Okay. Let's do the tail of the tape. 
We're Not Gonna Take It is a song by the New York band Twisted Sister from their album Stay Hungry. It was first released as a single with the B-side You Can't Stop Rock and Roll in May of 1984, the year we graduated. Uh, the Stay Hungry album was released two weeks later, and uh, the single reached number 21 in the United States on the Billboard Hot 100. I was a little surprised it was that low. I, I would have thought top 10. I would have thought top 10 all day, but it made it uh, Twisted Sisters' only top 40 single, interestingly. And uh, in addition, it's been the band's highest selling single in the United States, having been certified gold in June 2009. <laughs> it's quite a yeah, bit later. It took a while, took a while yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, selling fi- over 500,000 units. Uh, the song was ranked number 21 on VH1's 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders of the 80s, which I'm sure Dee Snyder had, you know, probably <laughs> had took, taken exception. Well, he takes exception to a lot of things. He so. does. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's exceptional in that way, he's isn't exceptional he? at taking exception, yes. Well done. <laughs> it also received criticism when the Parents Music Resource Center included the song on its Filthy 15 yep. list for alleged violent lyrical content. So we'll be delving we'll, into we'll that. We'll talk about that at length, because yeah. I've got more things to say about, about that group. Right. As aforementioned, number 21 in the United States, Australia and Canada took it all the way to number six. New Zealand, the other white meat, number two. <laughs> and then Sweden, number 10. And UK, number 58. So How they didn't did like it very much at all. 21 in America. That's crazy. It's such an American anthem. You know, it's just, I don't know. I gave a lot of thought to that. Because it's a very singable. Are we go there now? Let's do it. Well, but my thought about it being number 21 is that I think it was in a higher charting position on MTV, which yeah. may have been more important in 1984 than the radio chart positions. Yeah. I mean, that's I've got I've got stuff about that in my notes. So let's right, talk good. about the let's talk let's get to that. Sure. Let's talk about the background of the album because good. everyone, you know, considered them a brand new band. They were, <laughs> exactly. they were oh, this band just came out of nowhere. Well, they had already been together ten years. They were in the trenches for yeah. ten years. They were and they were had a big following in New York. And D. Snyder, when he wrote that song, like that the the album Stay Hungry was still like two or three years away. Yes, it was. Yeah. And he couldn't finish it. But he said that he was he was sort of inspired by Alice Cooper and Slade. Slade, he you know, loves, and, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. I always thought the song was just dumb and simple because D. Snyder was dumb and simple, <laughs> right? But he, but it was interesting to learn that he really dumbed it down to make it as accessible to any situation as possible. Yeah, I don't think he's a dummy at all. No, he's, he's kind of a yeah, he's kind of an evil genius in I, his own way. Yeah, I thought the use of we in the song instead of I really pulls that. Part of it together. I think that's the key. That's yeah, the key. I'm could, not going to take it. Doesn't play as well, could, right? Right. It could just be me and you being angry at Vegemite or something. You know? <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, we. You know, it's a sort of like that. He always refers to a three-word uh, review. Did you hear that one? No, I don't think so. There, he always refers to a three-word review, which is what from whom is the whole review of the song. And he kind of like says, well, I got the last laugh on that. But yeah. it is pretty, it's pretty interesting. Take what from whom yeah. is really the question. Like, I think they kept it so general yeah. that you can make it and for it your, purposeful, your cause. Purposeful. Sure. And that, that's what sort of makes it, it's dumb and brilliant at the same time. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. So 
One of the things that I thought was amazing was that it's basically the same progression as Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, yeah, Isn't I just that crazy? I only found that out this week and never really would have put I that together. I never would have done it. Which is hilarious. He said he sang in church choir and that might have until been until he was like on 19 and then like he didn't even think about it until his his other band Widowmaker <laughs> one of the, one of the bandmates said, "Oh, you know this song really." They were listening to it in the van, and he said, "Oh, this this is basically just oh come all you faithful." Did you do that on purpose, and he was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> that was one of those like one of those subconscious things that that you just lurked there in the subconscious for years. Funny that it was news to him, right? You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 that kind of irony that you know that a song like that that would be put on the filthy fifteen was unconsciously based on a beloved Christian Christmas, Christmas song. Hymn, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think he ever thought of it that way because it's just a nice little melody. Just feels like yeah. a good little melody. But it's, and it's pretty basic. But the lucky thing for him is it's public domain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh, song. yeah. That would so have been ugly. That helped him a lot. By the way, the band in 2006 released a Christmas album and they oh. recorded a version of it with the lyrics from Oh Come All You Faithful. So yeah. I will, in the show notes, I will post a link to that. I think we should worth, do that. It's worth a watch. But, I, you know, we're going to talk a whole lot about D. Snyder tonight because he's kind of became the driving creative force of the band through their prime years where they really, yeah. really set the world on fire. But I want to give mention to the other guys that were grinding it out in the clubs, yeah. man. So it was D. Snyder, obviously, on lead vocals. Eddie Fingers Ojeda on mm-hmm. lead guitar. <laughs> really cool guy, by the way. J.J. French, who founded the band and was sort of the boss of the band on rhythm guitar. Mark the Animal Mendoza on bass and A.J. Perro on drums, which he was the last... Uh, chess piece to move into the band to make them what they were but boy they were a big deal but nobody would sign them yeah they were like a pariah with the record companies why, why do you think that was is it because they were post-glam or i mean you know, post-glam I, I think they said kiss had taken off their makeup by this time and so then yeah and so twisted sister still coming out and it was a challenging look i think when i first saw it i didn't well it's cartoonish well, yeah. I, you true. know, I used to look at that video and just think, what a bunch of clowns. This is so dumb. They look like Batman villains. Yeah. You know? Like from the 60s. <laughs> from the 60s. You know? yeah, yeah, the 60s show. But you know, then the more I read about it, it was like the more I thought, okay, that was all about show. That was all post-glam. True. They were doing what Kiss was doing 10 years earlier. It had that feel. And you know? Kiss from New York as well. Yep. You know, but they, uh, D. Snyder says they were the poster child for the unsignable act. <laughs> so... Yeah. Kind of like I mean, government cheese here. In your yeah, table. they uh, they paid for their own radio spots. They bought their own merch. They produced their own singles early on and bought the you know the albums and or records and sold yeah. them at their shows. So kind of interesting how it was. Uh, they had this struggle and Total they thought DIY, it's never. Gonna yeah. They thought it's never going to end. Yeah. They played Wednesdays through Sundays most weeks. God, that's all crazy. night long. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a early, lot of covers. That's early Beatles like hours, man. That's, oh, that's true. That's, that's the Hamburg thing. Yeah. Oh. oh my God, I can't. I'm too old for that. We 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 did two two shows a month for a while. It was too much. <laughs> well, that yeah, exactly. I don't know how they did it. Uh, D. Snyder said he'd get up in the mornings and like just soak in a bathtub, oh. or like and probably in the afternoon, honestly, and just get ready to do it the next day yeah, again. I can see that because hell, I've done that after you know after shows we played. Uh, what's that now? No, I've done that after shows we've played because it just what? wears you out. No, I think that's very true. I know we've done that, but uh, I think not uh, together. <laughs> 
We had separate bathtubs. Generally not together. We held hands, though. (laughs) Yeah. Like a Seattle commercial. Like in the commercial. (laughs) But anyway, I thought this would be very interesting to you. Randy Jackson, not the guy from American Idol, the lead singer from Zebra. Zebra. Plays a part in this story. Wow, I didn't know that. My buddy. Uh, Randy tried to sell me Hamway. Oh, God. If that tells you anything about the the, the parting of the uh, trajectories of these bands, yep. I guess. But anyway, Zebra was a signed band. They they had a record deal. Yep. But they were sharing these club gigs a lot of times with Twisted Sister. And Twisted Sister would blow them away every yeah. night. And so Randy Jackson must be a good guy, by the way, because yeah. he told Atlantic Records, you've got to see Twisted Sister. He goes, you know, I know we're signed, but he goes, this band yeah. just, you know. He goes, people can't get enough of them, and they blow us away. Zebra so, was a whole was nice. different animal. Uh, hey. Pun. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to post a Zebra video link in the show notes, just because most people have never heard of Zebra. I love Zebra. Right. I, I, I love their first two albums so much. And they're more of a, a Led Zeppelin-inspired metal right. band. So there's a lot of acoustic guitars. It's a lot more gentle and, and purposeful. Um, I think they're out of New Orleans, but I I, didn't, I was yeah, not aware they, of they them. They were from New Orleans. I moved to New York, and then uh, there's a a little a duo that plays in town. I've been here for years. They were they knew Zebra. They used to play shows with them back in New York originally oh, yeah. back in the '70s, and so that's how I got hooked up with Randy. And I talked to him oh, on the cool. phone at length one night and. But that was yeah when he tried to sell me Amway at the end of the interview. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was confusing and disappointing. Well, you know, <laughs> rock and roll doesn't always pay the bills. Yep. Sometimes yep. it does. But they're sometimes still playing. They're still they're I, one of their followers on Facebook, and they're still playing shows. So oh, I think that's great. I'd like to see them. Someday. Me too. I've never seen them before. I became sort of a, a fan of Randy just by his part in this yeah, this I mean, saga. Cool so. guy, really yeah. good songwriter and singer. Seems anyway, like a good dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've gotten to self track. All right, so what do you think? How I mean, I think this show we almost ought to have MTV in the title of our podcast because we yeah. always a lot of this always gets back well, to MTV. Yeah, we're going back to the '80s a lot. You know, we're gonna we're gonna probably next show do something very different, something from the early 2000s. But we have modern. to here. This is you know, yeah, this is one of those bands. There are several things I think that made this song so popular, right? And I think we can start at the video, which you which you mentioned in the opening. Yeah, it was. So cartoonish, right? And so silly, <laughs> and but all the goofy slapstick stuff that they shot, and then you've got Mark Metcalf from Animal House, Niedermeyer, right. who yeah. leads off the video. So right. immediately you're capturing the audience. Yes, kids who saw Animal House are like, "Oh, Niedermeyer," and he's playing the same character. Right, does that same kind of rant? Yeah, yeah. same, you know, and. What do you want to do with your life? And then you've got, you know, then you've got the silly, the spin, where the little, the kid who was the director's son, by the way. Right, yeah, yeah. Turns into D. And suddenly he's this hulking clown with the long hair and, you know. (laughs) And then his friends or siblings or whatever they were downstairs at the dining room, they start turning into the band members. And it just becomes this crazy, like, what's going on here? They said they sort of based it on the Roadrunner and Coyote cartoons. Yes, exactly. And, it's, you know, and thank goodness, because it was, it was like three stooges, you know, Niedermeyer, quote-unquote, getting blown through windows and walls and sure. dumb things like that. You know, his wife pouring water on him and stuff. But they were they were channeling the schools out 
Alice Cooper yep. type of feel, like yep. like youth rebellion, which is kind of really where rock and roll fits best in that sort of young rebellious kind of feel. So, exactly. But uh, it was directed by Marty Colner, which I think he should get a, a, a mention. He worked for HBO and, and some of the things like that. But like I feel like he did a fantastic job. He, he was had, like doing documentaries and stuff, wasn't he? He was before yeah. that, and that was his first yeah. video. He yeah. went on to do the White Snake videos, like all the Tawny well, Katan things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was kind of based on the relationship with D. Snyder and his father. And then also the the Coyote and Roadrunner, but boy, I I can never remember turning on MTV and not seeing it. Right, <laughs> you know? and even at the time, I thought this is so dumb, but yet it was also irresistible. Yeah, you know, I always enjoy when it came on. You know, our buddy Harold and I would watch, we'd see it together. Yeah. And we would never change the channel. We would always say, okay, okay this is on now. You, you couldn't know. ignore it, whether right. you made fun of it or enjoyed it or whatever. You had to enjoy it on some level. Yeah. That drum beats infectious. Well, um, exactly. And that yeah. was part of he that was part of the magic of it, is that he said he had this idea of this cadence and then he, he told AJ, We need something and he was and AJ came up with the drum beat. Right, right. He was like, <laughs> yeah. and, and Snyder was so excited when he came up with that. Yeah. He was like, that's perfect. Because now, literally, if you hear that drum beat now, you know what song it is. Yes. You know exactly what you're about to get, and it makes you excited. Yeah, it does. You it's know, a, it's a like, great oh, song. Oh, here we go. Part. Yeah. I mean, and another thing that I that I really liked about the, the recording was that when... Uh, Oh, hey, no, Jada or Ojeda. I'm guessing it's yeah, yeah, I think they call him Ojeda. But so you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my Spanish background, you know, right, my, sure. my Spanish language background. But uh, the guitar solo could have been some lengthy, intricate, and it just doubles down on the vocal melody. It's just, right. it just emphasize, reemphasizes the hook. And that guy just, was a great guitar player. He could have shredded right, all over the place. And he right. just went, you know, and so like that makes it a pop song. And, and it almost becomes hypnotic because you keep getting hit with that melody. That right? same melody over and over and over, yeah. And then you start thinking about, oh, come all you faithful, you don't know why. But <laughs> but seriously, that, that was one of my favorite things about the song was that, 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 again, the video was dumb, the song was dumb, the guitar solo was dumb. But it worked so well. It was Can so we say smart. simple? Can we say simple? simple? Okay, simple. I'm trying to entertain our listeners. Oh, okay, good. But you know what I'm saying. It's like it was, it was dumb but brilliant. No, I mean, no, it was, I agree. It was all 100%, you know, mapped out. And like, this is a song we're going we're gonna to make this anthem. We're going to make it as simple for everybody from age 5 to 105. Sure. And get with it, you know. I mean, I, I, absolutely. I, I suspect that my dad would probably hear that song and go, hey, that's a pretty good song. You know? I, I mean, it's, and he's it's, 80. I mean, you, I, you know. You get into these sort of nursery rhyme-ish melodies. I think yeah. they're always good. 100%. Now, yeah. I think that the song structure, uh, D. Snyder pretty much admits this, that he was a huge oh. fan of Slade, and he looked at the song, Come On, Feel the Noise. Yeah. Okay, now that was a Slade song. And it was popularized by Quiet Riot Riot, in the United States and sold a bazillion copies and opened up like record companies to the idea of what metal could do as far as on the charts and everything. And so uh, the Come On, Feel the Noise starts with the drum beat, pretty similar, right? And then it starts with the chorus chanted. 
you know, with no uh, no uh, other instrumentation Change, yeah. beside the drums, just like this song, and then goes on into the rest. So pretty much, I think he used that roadmap. Yep. But I mean, you can't blame the guy. It was obviously a, a great thing, and it's fair enough, right? If it's all if it's fair. Good, it's good. I mean, so but he also was influenced a bit by uh, Mutt Lang's work with Def Leppard, which had a similar sort of thing where they would the big choruses. The breakdown, the repeating of melodies. The repeat, yep, the yep. repeating melodies, and so a lot of that came together. And once he, once he finally got that that little part he was trying to figure out to, to connect everything, then it was just like, bam! I got it, I got this hit song. I tell you, anything you can steal from Mutt Lang is a, is gold. It's man. gold. That dude. I mean, knows from what Def Leppard to doing. what who, who you mentioned, uh, Shania Twain. I mean, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she it's, liked it's his pr- production so much. She married him. I so, know. Yeah. I mean, I, if he could produce our band that way, I might marry him. The man produced "Back in Black." Enough yeah. said. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, my goodness. So, another thing I took away from from reading, researching, and, and yes. it hit me. It it actually hit me without the research. It hit me. Okay. That Twisted Sister was one of those bands that got popular that had been around for a long time and no one knew it. So they were probably like 30 years old when they were hitting it At on least, MTV. Yeah. Right. So think about it. Journey had been around since the early 70s. Right. True. You know, Quiet Riot, as you, as you mentioned. Yep. They had been around for a, another, at least 11 uh, or 12 years. Van Halen. Yeah. Van Halen had been sure. around. They, of course, at least they had albums, you know, notable albums before Oh, they that's true. Big. Before they even got... But yeah. When do you think the Scorpions started? Oh, Lord. Um, I know a little bit about the Scorpions. 78? 65. What? They traced back to 1965. Good Lord. No way. Yeah. The first things I've seen They're in the late than 70s us. are so good. <laughs> well, you're fine. I mean, as a band, collectively, they're older than us. I love the Scorpions in their own way, man. Oh, yeah. I, just, I have no apologies about that. Speaking uh, of, I mean, speaking of dumb fun. Yeah. You know. Well, true. Yeah, I first heard the Scorpions in a a skating rink in uh, Houston, in Houston, Texas. No one like you came out, and I thought that's the best thing I've ever heard. What a great song! Found out they're called the Scorpions, and I thought Texas has great bands, right? You know, this is the second podcast in a row we mentioned a Scorpion, by the way. So yeah, I like it. If we're keeping score on that. (laughs) Keeping scorpions. Scorpions. Sorry. For keeping oh, scorpions. No. Yeah, it's always pretty terrible, but right, I like what it. What you got, man? Let's let's Well, now this all came down with a showdown with Congress. I think we gotta talk yeah, about the showdown. Um, I wanna end with this because I got stuff to say about this. Okay, well what do you got in between? <laughs> I, I'm I'm ready. No, I'm no, I'm done okay. with that. I point. think that's I where we sure are. I don't step on you. No, no, no. I think that's where we are. So <laughs> So all right. So Tipper Gore and her parents music resource center. Right. Like you said, included on the 50-15, right. the top 15 offenders in rock and roll. Now, I got a feeling we're going to somewhat clash on our opinions on okay. this, believe it or not, as much as I love rock and roll. Go ahead. Okay. They said that it promotes violence, and D. Snyder testified in front of Congress and told them every reason that they were wrong. Said He, he probably, was awesome. Yeah. Right. And he shut them down. But he said, you probably mistook... The lyrics to the song for the video that had cartoon violence on purpose. Right. The song does not. No. He said it promotes nothing but fighting back against bullies. That's really all the song's about. Just sure. Don't let a bully push you around. Yeah. I think it's great in that way, right? Yeah. 
But it was lumped in with songs with sexual innuendo and and which there was plenty of at that time. Sure, to be honest, yeah, Absolutely. sure. <laughs> you know, but but they to, to lump Twisted Sister in there. Cider was like it's because of how we look. It's because we're yes. loud. Yes, because of the video with the slapstick. Yeah. You know, yeah, I violence. Don't, I don't think that was fair at all to put them Not in that all. pot, right? Because I was, love that he you know. stood up there and said basically, "F you." Well, very cool because like. Frank Zappa was called in these hearings, showed up in a suit, mm-hmm. and John Denver. John Denver. How does John Denver get I involved that. in this? I remember that. Yeah, that's the most wholesome artist America's yeah. ever produced. Country Roads probably was, you know, <laughs> just outside the filthy fifteen. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was the in the filthy twenty, probably. You know, but anyway, <laughs> filthy forty uh, at least. It was the filthy the filthy forty is much better. <laughs> I wish I was quick enough to make it, you know, illiterate alliteration like that. I'm a but, writer, man. Come yeah, on. well, damn it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna have to bleep something now, darn it. But anyway, um, to, to, to me, oh, I don't feel. Yeah, I don't ahead, feel sorry. like that the. Twisted Sister should have been in that, but I thought it was interesting that that Frank Zappa and oh. and uh, John Denver came in suits and ties, which showed respect to Congress. Absolutely, but, yeah. But in the ultimate stunt of all time, D. Snyder shows up in a cutoff jean jacket yep. and a Twisted Sister shirt of all sh- t-shirts and, and, and tight and a Twisted jeans. Sister pin on his uniform. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was it really felt good to the youths of America to see like yeah. a representative of us and he, fighting back. He against was the not going to take it. I mean, he showed he was it with, not take with it. that, with that again. I remember seeing the footage of that, you know, I it think was, that moment will kind of live forever. It was meaningful. It was big. Yeah. That's the kind of thing they make movies about, uh-huh. right? Walking yep. in like that. But, uh, but my, the, where I differ a little bit as far as just rah, rah about D Snyder and, and, you know, fighting the power, whatever, is that I feel like it was no more than maybe trying to give parents a little signal like an R-rated movie would be or a NC-17 these days or PG. I don't think that's like the most horrible thing to do to somebody. And it ended up selling more records when you got that on your, your printer. Well, and, that's, on and your that was... Printer. They actually didn't win that case, the, the the Parents Music Resource Center. Oh, they didn't? Oh, okay. They didn't win that case. The record companies realized if we put these stickers on there, it's going to sell double. And it was right. It's true. It was 100% of marketing ploy. It became that, didn't it? Yep. It was like, oh, this is a bad boy record yep. or a bad girl record. If you say the word poop in a song, you, you got the sticker. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, to me, that's how it backfired on the, on the you know, the politicians. Who, who saw were, that coming, right? You know, like. Well, that, that but that's, it's, it's the ultimate revenge of these, of these, I'm going to avoid using bad words. Okay. Of nice. these. Uh, Nennies. Budded, you know, <laughs> uptight yeah, political yeah. people who right. are just on some sort of freaking crusade. Probably trying to score points with, and you know, with the, you know, with the parents. The and, right, yeah, the Christian sure. right. Oh, well, there. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. but that's, yeah. But, <laughs> but, and they just got it thrown in their face. It makes me so happy that that happened, that, that it happened that way. It, you know, because Snyder pointed out. They let, they licensed for free the song to the United Way to promote a video about teenagers changing relationships with their parents and to you know yeah. and to understand it better. That's pretty and awesome. Then he he did a solo acoustic version of it, a very a very soft. Oh, I didn't watch it. that. I should have. Yeah, or listen. Yeah, and, and it 
licensed it to a cancer charity for free. Good. You know, and so it's like this, you know, he was trying to do good with it and it just the fact that, that they attacked him and completely got rebuffed to yeah. me is just it's just completely tantamount to the, what the song is. It's perfect. It's the <laughs> perfect irony. It is. You don't perfect. get irony this great in life that often. We gotta start working on the movie script. What do you think? Can I we think propose? We should. I've got a lot of writing to do, but I can <laughs> So anyway, it's the so, Norma Ray of rock and yeah. roll, right? You know, well, around so. this time, the Ramones. Oh, uh, you're gonna have to put a bleep in. Oh, but the Ramones had a song called "Censorship." Oh, okay. And not censorship, but imagine what the other word. <laughs> yeah, means yeah. Kind of like home. back to the poo conversation. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> and so, one of the lyrics was, "Oh, Tipper, come on, ain't you been getting it on?" Oh, wow. Ask Ozzy Zappa or me. We'll show you what it's like to be free. Oh, wow. So they accuse her of not getting enough uh, marital interplay. Let's, go, let's say action. Yeah. Action. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, so, and so I was just, I was, you know, that's what really brought my attention to what was going on. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, and I was like, so I looked into it. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, then I then I read about all what, what D. Snyder had done. So what is interesting to me, I'm I'm more of a Frank Zappa. I'm a fan of Frank Zappa as a person uh, more yeah. than even the music. Really, the music sometimes loses me on Zappa. But what as an, an innovator, artic- at least. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But what an articulate dude, so D. Snyder also articulate. Yeah. You know, they really we really sent some of the best representatives of rock and roll. Yeah, they said they wanted uh, Vince Neil, but I don't think he would have fared as well no. in those hearings you know but you know it was just an interesting moment in history and really kind of a big deal for our for our day um so what do you what's your opinion on these snyder like his personality i i I don't know i I think because he's a guy that as we mentioned earlier he's a guy that tends to rail against a lot of things and he almost lives out that song in a cartoonish way from what i've read it seems that way. Like he's he's a very very confident fella. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he, I mean, I I wouldn't. He's, I don't know to say he's egotistical, but he feels that he, way. He huh? would probably be difficult to be in a room with for more than an hour or two. I would think. It's it's a lot, but it makes him a great rock star. Yeah. It makes him so yep. good. I think it's what propelled him to the top of the charts, or well, almost the top, but. But you know, I just I don't know what to think of that guy. He he adds a few inches to his height, you know, every time he describes how tall he yeah. is and he says he invented thrash metal and you know, every all ideas come back to him. Yeah. I'm drawn to these maverick type of guys like this. You but know, you know like the word that I use. He's got narcissistic tendencies. Well, you may, I think he probably he probably does. Uh, you know. I've always really sort of been a fan of the guy, but yeah, he he yeah. takes it a little far sometimes, I think, but Well, but he's I mean him getting the last laugh in that situation. So, you oh, know, yeah, in recent right. years, you know, t- making this thing full circle in recent years, a lot of politicians have wanted to use that song. Oh, well, sure. And he, oh, and he allowed Trump to use it. Well, yeah, he uh, for, a, for a bit. And, yeah. then he, and then he pulled it back he when it, it that out. became an untenable position, say. Right. And an Australian uh, uh, politician used it. Uh, without permission and got sued yeah. they made a sort of a different parody of it and uh they had to pay d uh 1.2 million so he was pretty happy about that yeah. situation but like the same uptight politicians that were put it on the filthy 15 the same types of people suddenly mm-hmm. said we, we want to use this in our campaigns <laughs> that's insane it's, isn't it's, it? it's the it's the ultimate irony so how does that how does what, that what, even there happen? was one quote i found that that he said uh 
yeah, I let, you know, President Trump, because he was like, in 2015, he was all about Trump. He's like, he's trying to turn it on his head. He's, you know, he's embod- the embodiment of it. They became buddies on the uh, the Apprentice yeah, show. He, yeah, yeah, he was on there. So however you feel about Trump, he changed his stance. But he also said, you know, Bernie Sanders is doing the same thing. He can use it too if he wants. So oh. he wasn't being political at all. He was just saying, yeah. I, I will entrust it to people who are trying to change the status quo, which I thought was really yeah interesting you know it's like you don't have to you don't have to take a side just you can just root for somebody who's trying to make things different i think that's fair enough i mean fair enough and 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 to trump's credit whatever you think of trump when he asked trump to stop using he goes okay and he stopped me immediately is what d says d lives in belize now occasionally like that's part of the you know and he's been married to the same woman for this whole time, like 40 years, something yeah. crazy. And uh, seems to be a pretty good guy. Straight edge. He doesn't do uh, drink or drugs. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, even when he was in those clubs in New York, how could he have resisted all the, yeah. all that time? Even, you know, kind of having some beer or whatever, you know. But um, You know people were buying yeah. shots and stuff on their own stage. <laughs> it kind of had to people, be. People would buy us shots. And we were nobodies. <laughs> yeah. But I think he ended up having... Uh, what, what's... <laughs> Jello yeah, shots. shots. <laughs> Inside joke, folks. Yeah, Inside is. joke. But I think, uh, you know, the, the band ended up, he kind of wore out his welcome and kind of butted heads with the band after a while. He's, he regrets that somewhat, which he's good enough to and admit if, and that. And if he was a narcissist then, you know, or had those tendencies, then, yeah, of course, that's going to happen. Yeah, and they, they also, they had a he's meeting. He's the Johnny Ramone of that band, you know. I think he is. Yep. But they also had a meeting. Before we would ever have known who they were, they had a meeting where they almost kicked him out of the band for drinking too much coffee. <laughs> I said, missed you, that one. They said, you got to calm down, man. <laughs> but I've always thought J.J. French, the founder of this band's an interesting guy and kind of a neat, you know, he's sort of the other side of the coin on, on this band. Um, but sort of in closing here, uh, I wanted to say that I never knew what kind of a band I thought uh, Twisted Sister was. I always thought they were sort of in that novelty act kind of world. Yeah. But definitely, you know, one foot you know, firmly in the metal world, which I always kind of enjoyed at that time and still do. But uh, I always thought Dee's voice was kind of amazing. He can still do that, by the way, yeah. which is crazy. But when they were first, you know, making their rounds, they played, they got a big gig at the Reading Festival in Europe, in uh, the United Kingdom, I guess it is. But uh, they're famous for throwing things at bands, you know, and like throwing like bottles of pee and stuff, you know, just whatever they can. Sounds lovely. Chuck, and, you know, vegetables, stuff like yeah. that. So I watched their appearance at Reading back in, I think it was 82 or 83, just to see how much stuff was coming at them because it's kind of been a thing. You know, D called out the crowd and challenged them to a fight, whatever, yeah. you know, which was seemed very much in his character but they were so good really well you know they had all those years just like the beatles in hamburg yeah. they 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 punched they they fought it out in the clubs and they were a great band they yeah. sounded really really good so this wasn't like a band that made it off of just some gimmick or one song yeah or one song yeah. Well, you know, I want to rock another good song. I'm surprised mm-hmm. it wasn't considered, you know, where they had a couple hits at least, you know. Yeah. So what what's your what's your final opinions on Twisted Sister as a I mean, they've cemented themselves in the fabric of American rock for sure. Well, they've they've given us a song that's never going to go away. Never. You can use it at sports events, you can use it for any sort of rally, you can use it for any sort of campaign. 
Yeah, you choose know, your <laughs> choose your cause. Anti-cancer, <laughs> you yeah. know, pro-politician, for better or worse. Yeah. But it's it, but it really the song did exactly what the song says it's going to do. Not you know it's it's persevered. It has even you know even with with people trying to take it down. So I'm really glad it exists. We're considering covering it in our band, yeah. uh, adding it to the old set list, which would be I think a lot of fun. We've already have a reference to it in one of our songs, mm-hmm. so we might as well. You know, as long as we're doing, I was made for loving you by Kiss. Why not? No, well, I think that's probably true. Take the next step. <laughs> well, we want to thank noble funk that we they didn't pay us to drink their beer i actually paid them to bring it home yeah kevin had to pay his own uh, (laughs) american cash money to to do this and uh but we appreciate your time we do check out the rock and roll rabbit hole and uh you know please subscribe to our podcast we're check us out on youtube we're gonna start posting stuff on youtube as well yeah we've got three up already and hoping to go with more we've got a lot in the can that are ready to be put up. So, all right. All right. Rock and roll. Yeah, to rock and roll and to D. Snyder and the boys. See you next time. <laughs> it was confusing and disappointing. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs>